Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the point in the NHL summer where you tend to see a lot of lists floating around about remaining free agents. Who are the hottest remaining free agents? The top 10 remaining free agents. And one of the top 10 on one list that I just happened to bump into yesterday had a very familiar face on it. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're in two football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Evan Rodriguez was the name, and it came with no apology. In fact, I want to say, going off memory here, that he was number five on the list, and it wasn't a bad overall list. However, you could kind of tell that the individual who compiled it had no idea what really had happened with Erod's season because there was just a casual mention of his having scored 19 goals and no mention of the fact that 15 of those came in the season's first three and a half months, after which he went, of course, bone dry. But Evan's still sitting there. Evan made $800,000 last season, so his cap hit was barely above the NHL minimum. He'll be 28 years old when hockey resumes, so it's not like he's some fossil or whatever. And, you know, since he's been sitting there long enough, it's kind of like when a house is sitting on the market for too long. The price just keeps going down, down, down. So whatever it was that Evan and or his agent might have thought they'd be getting this summer. They clearly aren't getting it. And I say this respectfully, but if Danton Heinen's coming back to the Penguins and taking $1 million, even if, and I believe him on this, there were other more significant offers out there, something went wrong, you know? Because believe you me, if someone offers Heinen Two and a half or three million dollars, he is so very gone. Most everything had to be right about in that range. And you could probably be confident that that's the case with Evan. Good hockey player. Uh, Good, good dude. Like somebody you'd like to have around. A good teammate. A good listener. 
of his head coach, except for that one time in the playoffs where he retaliated against the Rangers and pretty much cost the Penguins that game. But let me remind you of this, too. Evan had three goals in that series against the Rangers, and one of them was a shorthanded breakaway in the second period of Game 7 against Igor Shesterkin that put the Penguins ahead and should have put them into the next round if the third period hadn't gone down the way that it did. And history can be cruel this way. We'd all be singing the praises of Evan Rodriguez as having scored the enormous goal, a shorty no less, against the Vezina Trophy winner to have put the Penguins into another round for the first time in five years. But didn't work out that way. And you know what? Nobody even mentions him anymore. And I think he's at least worth mentioning, don't you? This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. When you talk to Mike Sullivan about bottom six forwards, one of the first things that'll come out of his mouth as far as traits that he likes to see in them is the ability to move up and down the depth chart, meaning they could fill in on the first line if needed. They could be relegated to the fourth if needed. Well, Rodriguez has all of that, and he can play all three forward positions, notably center and right wing. And he can kill penalties. And he was used by this head coach as the trigger man in the left circle of the power play for big chunks of the past season. And I understand that happened mostly because of injuries, but there were times when it was on merit. And look, I'm not painting Erod as if he's the thing that'll put the forward group over the top. But I'm looking at this situation as realistically as I can, and it's it's affected deeply by the cap. And when you look at the Penguins maybe making one more move, I think they have to make one more move, actually, on the blue line. And if you get somebody out of there, let's say it's Brian Dumoulin, maybe it's Marcus Pedersen. Either way, you're talking about freeing up cap space with those guys of somewhere between three and four million dollars. Well, the Penguins are currently over the cap by a couple million. So what's going to be left to help you with this offensive group? Right. It's going to be something right in that range. It's going to be something right in Evan Rodriguez's range. You know, you can trust him. That's a big, big, big component to the coach player relationship. You know that his teammates like him. So you also, within that, know that he'd only help chemistry as opposed to hurting it. And you know that he's a pretty good hockey player who's got some legs, who doesn't exactly slow your team down. He can really, really motor out there. Just saying, you know, I'm not going to go pounding my fist on the table over it. But I 
really feel like this is a player who should be in all of these various contexts that I laid out here considered to be brought back. When we come back, J1Q. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mike, who asks, is Ron Hextall a genius or the worst GM the Penguins have had in the last few decades? I feel like it's either one or the other and nowhere in between after the latest moves made on defense. Mike, if you think about your favorite team in extremes, all that means is that you're a passionate fan. That's all it means. I could actually end this answer right here, but I'm not going to do that to you. Hextall is neither a genius, nor is he the worst GM the Penguins have had in the last few whatever decades. Hextall is navigating a course that he didn't set. And I think that always has to be remembered. That's part of the reason that I valued so much that good long conversation that we had in Toronto last November after a morning skate. Uh, I reference it a lot on this show. If you're new here, Mike, he basically laid out for me understanding that the Penguins are about Sidney Crosby. For as long as Sid is here, they're about 87 and they should be. I, I can't even fathom someone disagreeing with that, although I'm sure somebody would somewhere. And within that, a lot of the concepts and things that he put into practice when he was the GM in Philadelphia, those those just weren't going to fly here. I've had a similar dialogue with Ben Charrington, the general manager of the Pirates, who at one point won a World Series as the general manager of the Red Sox in a non-cap league where he could spend whatever he wanted. He had certain ideas of how to build a team, but he went to Boston and they had virtually unlimited payroll and they ended up filling all their needs and yay us. Okay, it's just a different framework. Hextall was expected with the Flyers to build through the draft. Uh, we can all get into debating his results out there, particularly bypassing Kale McCarr for Nolan Patrick. But what I'm talking about here is the approach. So he had an approach, clearly showed it, that he prefers to go from the ground up. The truth is, most GMs do. They like to have their own people in place. And when I say that, I'm not just referring to players, not just referring to prospects or the draft. I'm talking about everyone. I'm talking about instructional, developmental, scouting. Well, when you get right down to it, Hextall came in, remember this, in the middle of a season 
like out of nowhere, two weeks in, and he inherited everything pretty much that you still see. There's still Sid, there's still Gino, there's still Tanger, there's still roughly, what, half the roster from the time he came aboard? There's still the same sense of urgency to win the cup now or else. There's still next to nothing to work with in the draft because his predecessor traded away every first and second rounder in sight for a decade. And there's still the biggest issue of all, and Hextall will acknowledge this himself, that being the cap. The cap itself. So he didn't create much of what's currently around him or under him or over him or anything. He's had to work with it. So when he goes and he makes his first big trade and brings in Jeff Carter, and Jeff Carter looks like prime of his career, Bobby Hull, everyone's going, this was just brilliant. This guy's a genius. He's the best. And you probably were too, Mike, in one of your extremes. And you're thinking, this is fantastic. How did we ever get so lucky to get this guy? A year later, he signs Carter to a two-year extension. And we're all kind of okay with it. Let's not lie here. And then Carter goes into this two-month swoon where he just all of a sudden started to look and play like his age. And then he's a dope, meaning Hextall. He's just an idiot. How on earth did you ever get this guy? Now that he's done this, they're never going to be able to keep Gino and Tanger and Rusty and everybody. And he did. He kept all of them. He kept all of them. Malkin and Rust, Latang, even Ricard Raquel, even Heinen, even Heinen. I still have, that's the one that still floors me how this would happen. That was the one guy I was a billion percent sure would be gone. But they're all back. Some of that, I'm sure, had to do with Hextall's dealings with the various agents. So, as you can tell, your question is going to be really way too broad for a. Uh, at J1Q, but I think you get the point here. He's trying to do something that might not necessarily come naturally to him. And so far, I think he gets good grades. And, but, you know, you also need to win a playoff series or two. That's, that's the real mandate right now. And that still hasn't happened. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do one more of these tomorrow, and then I'm going on a vacation, like really, really far away. I'll tell you where tomorrow.